Welcome to the new pod order, brought to you by FFD260, with your hosts, Joel, Nick, and Alfredo. Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of New Pod Order, presented by FF Dynasty 260. I am one of your hosts, Joel Davis. Uh, with us today, we have AJ and Mal. How are you guys doing today? Good, how are you, Joel? Sucking day. <laughs> oh, Joel, doing well. <laughs> Uh, it's good to see you, Mal. Uh, how you doing, AJ? Uh, I already we, uh, answered. We, we've got a, our second episode of the week. Uh, Nick cannot make it on tonight due to a scheduling conflict. Um, or mainly, Joel just pissed him off. Mainly the scheduling conflict, though. But that be, with that being said, let's go ahead and start with our CJ show. CJ Beathard. <laughs> Uh, big news that just kind of came across before we started our show. Uh, Aaron Rodgers could potentially be back week 15. He does have to sit out eight games being placed on IR, but that's that's a big deal in redraft leagues, uh, especially if you are in, a, in win now mode or if you are looking good uh, and you think you can make the playoffs, add him. If you have an IR spot available, he was dropped in over 36% of ESPN leagues. So... So just a little news and note there. Um, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, what do you all think about that offense now for the next foreseeable eight weeks at least? Uh, Mal, Mal, what are you thinking about Jordy and and um, the whole the whole crew over there in Green Bay? It's funny because that the trade that I described to you all the last time I was on that mega trade, um, Frandall Cobb was a part of that deal, so I kind of felt like I got a, out of a pretty tight situation there. Um, I like Devontae Adams. First of all, I like Brett Hundley, man. I watched him at UCLA, like the kick and play. So it'll be interesting to see how he transitions into like the starting quarterback role with more snaps during practice. Um, I like Devontae Adams. I feel like he's just a physical specimen that can get open from the slot and pretty much anywhere on the field. Um, Jordy Nelson is a really athletic and, and really good wide receiver. So you probably have to downgrade them from like one to wide receiver two, wide receiver two to wide receiver three. I'm most worried about Randall Cobb, though. Um, already was losing snaps and volume in that offense, and now it kind of probably um, falls into like that wide receiver three four range, which is not what you drafted him as. Yeah, I I actually couldn't agree more. I'm not sure if you watched any of the game uh, last week after uh, Aaron went down. Yeah, I did. But it just kind of seemed like bad news for Randall right. Cobb. He he really did not didn't look his way much, and it really just kind of seemed like. To me, anyways, like Devontae Adams might kind of be his go-to going forward. Um, you know, uh, who knows whether or not that that has to do with them practicing together. That could just be due to game flow from the last game. I don't think it's really predictive of much, but, you know, w- we definitely know one thing. Brett Hundley cannot sustain the same amount of receivers that Aaron Rodgers just did, you know, or, or does. So so I, I, I like that a lot. I think that I'm with you on that. I think... Jordy got to temper him. He's more of a wide receiver two, and the other two guys more wide receiver three. And Cobb, I honestly would even say, was more of a wide receiver four. And I if you disagree. Get... Okay. Like, oh, okay. Like, AJ here. chiming in here. So, What's like, right, so Jordy, Jordy, I still think, yeah, I agree with that on wide receiver two. I think Cobb is wide receiver four, but I think because of Hunley, I did not. Adams played at UCLA with Hunley, did he not? I don't think so. Well, I mean, I, I can check that, though. Okay, well, if he did, I'm pretty sure that he was getting majority of the looks from Hunley last game, and he did score the one touchdown. I think he could still be a wide receiver, too. I think he'll be getting more of the usage out of 
from Hunley, or not usage, but more of the looks from Hunley between the three guys. He just seems like he's played with them more often, uh, has more chemistry with built in already. So it's going to be between him. Probably Bennett's probably going to become like a, a decent tight end now instead of like an Aaron Rodgers like tight end like four. Um, and Jones might even be decent. Um, Hundley, um, not Hundley, Devontae went to uh, Fresno State. Okay. Oh, and welcoming in Nick Brown. Yo. Hey, Nick, welcome baby. in. Pod. We were just discussing about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers and about how it sucks to own all their wide receivers now, basically. <laughs> so, Jordy. Not too bad. Not, but... uh, Jordy. Joel thinks Jordy's a wide receiver, too. Uh, I believe Devontae's still a wide receiver, too. Joel yeah. thinks wide receiver three and wide receiver four for Cobb. What are what are your thoughts, Nick? Um, yeah, four for Cobb. Um, yeah, two or three seem accurate for Devonte, and yeah, I'd, I'd give Jordy a two, but it's really it's too early to to know. Right. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, this is just completely off the off the hip yeah. guesses. I, I'm I'm just glad to see that that none of you three are on the train of Brett Hundley has killed it in preseason and because of that he is going to be a QB one and and now don't get me wrong this week he could end a top twelve QB this week just because just because of the matchup just because if every other quarterback gets no. hurt on the way to the stadium <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's. <laughs> You know, you know how fantasy is as well as I do. That, I do not. That Drew Brees finished we his know, no outside. That Drew Brees looks like he's in a great matchup, and he finishes with three more points than Kevin Hogan does. Right. So, so you know, that's how fantasy goes. So, while that, while that being said, against New Orleans, who whatever they looked a little better last week, they're still New Orleans. It's still, wait, wait, it's still a, great a game. little better. They <laughs> they look ridiculously good. Well, in New Orleans, and this has been like what two or three weeks in a row with that defense that they've gotten better every week. And I mean, you you add a, a rookie second, you know, add a, a rookie starting corner, and it's going to take time for them to assimilate to the NFL. But New Orleans, I mean, I, truthfully, and we'll probably get to this later. Aaron Jones probably is the biggest winner out of all of this, just because that offense now has to cycle through the running game, and he's yeah. the most legitimate running back on that roster. Um, and then. Ty Montgomery, man, like I think they really go back to being really creative with the usage of him out of the backfield, throwing short passes. Um, but yeah, like like uh, Nick said, this is hard to predict. This is a brand new situation. Let's see how it unfolds over the next few weeks here. I agree. With I really like that time on take. I I agree with you. They they're probably going to do all they can to take the ball out of Brett Hundley's hands and Absolutely. and and run the ball as much as they can. So. Well, I think that's enough Green Bay Packers talk for, for the evening. Let's go ahead and move on. Uh, tomorrow morning, be sure to pay attention. You better be looking at Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and seeing what they are talking about because there's a lot of game time decisions. A lot of a lot of the inactives are going to be very important tomorrow. Um, we'll go ahead and start about or start talking with uh, Leonard Fournette. That he's obviously, I mean, he's getting crazy usage. The Jaguars are running more than any other team in uh, the NFL. And Chris Ivory has looked pretty good in his limited role. He, I mean, he's he's been a, an RB1 in the, in the past in the NFL. Now, obviously, he's a different running back than Fournette. But I, I think that if, if Fournette doesn't go, 
that Chris Ivory is an RB one in in this matchup. <laughs> what do you what do you what do you think, Nick, against in this matchup? I don't want to talk to you right now. <laughs> uh, I don't think Fournette's going to go. I don't think he's pra- – if I, if I read it right, I don't think he's practiced at all this week. Um, yeah, he hasn't. The man formerly known as Beast East caught like seven passes last week, which is uncharted water for, for Chris Ivory. But I picked him up in as many leagues as I could mm-hmm. this week. And I'm starting him as uh, as a flex, if not more. So, like when you know when there's confirmation that he's going to be starting, I'll you know slide him in as a, a running back if I don't have anybody better. But for right now, he's a flex for me, a pretty strong one at that. I feel like Ivory is a heck of a DFS play. Like if you're a basketball, mm-hmm. maybe um, one of those where like you can just cash in on a really low value, especially if you lock him in now before Fournette's uh, injury is announced, because Indy is giving up an average of 20 points to opposing running backs, um, getting gouged on the ground, uh-huh. giving up five touchdowns through the air as well. So there's a lot of opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Chris Ivory is also one of those dudes I feel like I get excited about him, and then he goes out and puts up 0.4 points. So it like yeah. it could go either way um, without Fournette pounding the rock in that Jacksonville offense. I'm curious to see if Blake Bortles doesn't just go into implosion mode Ouch, you're getting the double bird from Nick. Sorry, man. It happens. <laughs> stuff happens. <laughs> I, I know that Indy sucks. I get it. Yeah, but I, I, Mal, my only thing is I cannot imagine the Jaguars thinking to themselves with Fournette out, okay, let's actually go back to Bortles and let's have him throw the ball 30 times. I think that's exactly what Nick wants the Jaguars to Alan do. Hearns. I think I think he would love for that. Yeah. But, but I think that if, if Fournette doesn't go – we see Ivory with twenty plus rushes, not right. not touches, but twenty plus twenty plus rushes, and you know, it, like you said, DFS. He's he's a smash this week, and I think he's actually could be a great DFS play, even if Fournette goes. Right. Um. Any uh, the next game time decision slash inactive uh, is Demarco Murray. Uh, this is obviously one that we've talked about, and we, you know, dynasty. Guys have wanted Derrick Henry to happen now just forever, and we've been trying to force it. Um, but DeMarco's banged up, and it was well obvious if you watched him last game. He just looks slow, and it, it's it's clear clear that he is injured. Um, if he doesn't go, I, I think it's a similar situation for, for Chris Ivory, except for I am much more confident in Derrick Henry's ability. Uh, and and it's it's definitely – it could be potentially his coming out party. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> so I, what do you guys what do you guys think about uh about the RB situation in Tennessee? It's gonna be rough this week because yeah. um Danny Shelton, I think his name is, is yeah. killing it for the Browns inside. Right. And he's I think he's they're only giving up like three point seven yards per carry, if I'm not mistaken. So even if he does get a good start, if Henry gets a solid start this week, I don't expect him to go off and have a giant run at the garbage time like he did against Colts. Uh, I'd probably see like 60, 70 yards maybe on mm-hmm. even like 20 touches. Mm, I strong disagree with that. Depends on Mariota. I, uh, like how healthy Mariota is. How that leg's I, doing. 
And I mean, just looking at like Cleveland has given up the ninth least amount of rushing yards in the NFL. Um, Eagles, obviously, first, you know, go birds. But with Cleveland at ninth, I mean, I think it's a very different conversation. Um, Derrick Henry is more talented overall than Chris Ivory is. But when you're talking about opportunities and touches, Henry is going to have to churn out um, really efficient yardage on however many touches that he gets. And just looking at the numbers and looking at that defense, that's probably not going to be the situation. But well, you got you to gotta take into account that everybody's gouging Cleveland through the air. So, of course, right. they're going to give up fewer rushing yards. Uh, I, 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 I'm with Joel that I think Henry goes off this week for about it's, 17 touchdowns, probably about 3,000 yards. Yeah, I think you're I think you're exaggerating a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm just just going to go ahead and say that. I don't see him having any more than 15 or 16 touchdowns this week. But but in all seriousness, um, AJ that's a terrible take. If Derrick Henry gets 20 rushes this week, I pr- I will bet you $20. Actually, touchdowns actually, actually 20 rushes, but it's only 60 actually, yards. Actually, you know what? I I will just give you $10. If he gets 20 touches this this week and gets less than 80 rushing yards, I'll Venmo it to you, screenshot it, and put it on Twitter because I just just don't believe it. All right, so 80 yards or less. Because if he gets 20 touches, that means that Tennessee is just crushing the 0-6. Matt Cleveland Browns, who are going back and forth between Deshaun Kaiser and Kevin Hogan and Deshaun Kaiser. They don't know what the fuck fuck they're doing, dude. They don't have a game plan. What is it? Is it 100 rushing yards or 100 total yards? Because you said total touches. So is it going for 100 rushing yards or 100 total in the game? All right, I'll do this. If, 80 if he rushing yards, has, 80 he goes, rushing. If he has 20, 20 he has touches. 20 rushes. He mm-hmm. will have he will have 100 yards or more. If he doesn't, I'll give right. AJ 10 bucks. I like it. Oh. But he has to have he has to have 20 rushes though. That's that's the stipulation. The, they'll okay. probably end up losing and not be able to run the ball, and I'm going to lose 10 dollars. Because <laughs> my life. Oh well, I uh, I really I just I can't stress it enough, dude. Browns are bad. I, I agree one thousand percent with Nick said. It's because you can do whatever you want against the Browns. You can pass the ball. You can throw the ball. You can fake it on fourth and twenty and probably still get a touchdown because they're stupid and terrible. Yeah, the Browns are bad. Um, so still the, giving up three yards of rush, man. Like as terrible as they are, like that is some stout run defense. So I get it, and I think to to Nick's point. Like, this may line up as a Mariota game where on the outside, like, his receivers and then Decker may have a really good week in the second week in a row. But, I like, even with those 20 rushes, well, that 100, 100 rushing yards, man, that's going to be tough to get to. I, I agree with you to a point, but you also have to kind of look at who they've played. I mean, you know, Colts, Bengals, Jets, Texans – None of them are known for having a good rush, anyways. And and I mean, I love I know the Colts, Nick. Armor you love your Colts. Supposed to but, yeah, back. exactly. And I mean, you know, the Jets obviously they're they're dumpster fire, but yeah. but the Bengals offensive line is probably one of the worst in in the league. And yeah. but they still had the most talented running backs that faced them. So I think you do kind of have to look and see how game flow kind of went. But I do agree with you. It it is still impressive over over six games. We're we're far enough now through the season that. That does uh, carry a little more weight. Right. Um, and the last game time decision that I think uh, will make an impact, Devontae Parker. Uh, Devontae Parker probably is not going to go. Again. Makes me sad every time he doesn't play. So sad. Because fire all up, the shares. Fire up Jarvis. Jarvis Landry is going to get – it's going to be great. He's going to get 15 targets. He's going to catch like nine of them. 
for 17 40, yards. 45 yards and a another touchdown. touchdown. Well, the yeah. big thing with Jarvis Landry this year is his red zone work. Um, what he wasn't getting from Tannehill, he's getting from Cutler. And so, like, that difference, he leads the, the Dolphins and targets within the 10, within the 5, like, red zone targets in general. Um, and, like, that's a huge difference. So he used to be a really efficient guy that caught a lot of passes, didn't get a lot of yards and never scored. Like, those opportunities are now there for him. And with no Devontae, you figure, um, I would even potentially say that um, – Oh man, it just went away from me. I see the kid's name. Um, what's the what's there you Leonti. go? I would, I would say Stills again, another DFS, another best ball guy. Um, he's actually stepped into that Devontae Parker role and been that deep threat for the Dolphins. Uh, he's getting paid like a wide receiver too. He certainly isn't one, but um, this might be a solid spot for him. I I agree with that. Anytime Parker's out, Stills always gets a bump just because he's he's deep the go to deep threat guy without Parker. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I, there, we, we could probably go over a lot more game time decisions, but I think those were the, the most uh, impactful. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to our next segment, which is some dynasty startup strategy. Uh, f- between the four of us, uh, obviously we all love football, dynasty football, fantasy in, in any format, uh, but dynasty football definitely takes a little different strategy, uh, startups in general. So I kind of want to get all three of your takes on uh, what what your general strategy is uh, for a startup dynasty league. Uh, we'll go ahead, Mal. Since you're since you're our our lovely guest, we'll start with you. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, <laughs> in my so dynasty, <laughs> you're absolutely in lovely. One, in my one <laughs> dynasty startup, my team I think is what am I two and four right now or two and something Ouch. like that. My team's terrible. So <laughs> I'm actually in the process of figuring out who I can sell off or lose parts. I'm trying to pick up some draft picks looking forward. Um, there's no reason to go down with the ship. And I have some people on my team that, you know, maybe are getting towards the back end of their prime. The Sean McCoy is one, for example, that really jumps out that I might be able to move to somebody that's looking to stay competitive. I'll also look towards the future. Um, but I'm I'm a person that really believes in if you're not trying, if you're not trading, you're not trying. So um, I'm always looking to try to make a deal if it makes sense. And certainly if it puts me in a better position moving forward. I agree with you. What about what about you, AJ? What's your uh, dynasty startup strategy? So dynasty startup strategy, I usually go depending on the format, like two QB, one QB. Um, I usually try to get like very good, like right before their prime guys. Not um, not dra- drafting like win now guys, like um, like Fitz, Nelson, early. I usually try to stay away from them now, and I'd take like. The older guys, like eighth, ninth round, is like the late starters, and then where everybody's mm-hmm. taking rookies that haven't really done anything yet. I go for the even deeper sleep rookies. Deeper sleep, deeper slept, deeper <laughs> sleep. So you just so basically you just try and load up on youth with a dynasty startup draft for the most you part. Don't, but I like you don't get, you don't you're not going to get Larry Fitz in any startup. No. Okay. What about you, Nick? I know I know that you're different than that, so I'm excited to hear how you just want to shit on AJ. <laughs> is it because he's 35? <laughs> Oh, so oh. in uh, when I do Dino drafts, I, I I'm stuck in the the old school method of just getting running backs. So I want a a three down running back if I can get in the first couple rounds. Like I'm a sucker for Todd Gurley, Jordan Howard, shit like that. If I can get them early, if those guys are already off the board, then. 
Yeah, a younger top end wide receiver that I can you know build my team around. I don't know. In a couple drafts this year, I I went quarterback early because why not? And it didn't really pay off because the quarterback I got has yet to play this year. <laughs> Does he look but like I think, you going forward, I think going forward, I'll be okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Teddy Bridgewater will be back in like two weeks. So. I'm hoping so. <laughs> One glove is not enough. I need two glove Teddy. Yeah, you need two glove Teddy. He does own Teddy in the in league. Yeah, so what's, I, your, what's your take, Joel? What do you do? How do well, you draft? It, it depends on where where I'm where I'm going. How early or late in the draft, um, you know, if I've got like a top three pick and I can get somebody that I believe is a value dynasty asset, if I can get OBJ, DJ, Lev Bell, whatever, then I'll take them. But in, usually, if I've got a mid round first pick, I'm looking to trade down. I'm looking to get, you know, some some good assets. But I'm usually trying to win the first year. I mean, I don't. I don't care about getting youth. I love Larry Fitz. I drafted him in three, uh, two startups this year. Sorry, and ended up trading him. But either way, I, I, I don't. I probably undervalue um, being or undervalue youth in Dynasty. But I think too many people overvalue, you know, overvalue youth way too much. It, it is too. It is too important to have guys like Larry Fitz and Julio Jones. I mean. You know, if you want to focus on youth, then you should be selling Julio. I'm buying Julio in all formats. I don't care, you know, what the dynasty format is. I'll take him. Mm. So I want to win every single year. I don't care if it's pretty or if it's ugly or who's on my team. I want to win. And you know, a lot a lot of the years you can have Odell Beckham and David Johnson and whoever on your team, and they get they get hurt, and your season can't be screwed if you lose two players. You you just can't because then. And obviously your team is shitty. So <laughs> well, I start throwing I just, darts early, like five, six, seven yeah. rounds. I throw darts. I throw darts at guys that are potentially able to break out this year. And if they do, then I'm looking good with my picks. But I'd rather spend them on them guys that could possibly break out this year and yeah. give me longer term value than going for the guys that are going to be done in like two, three years. Even though everybody says yeah. look at it like a three year the... window for Dynasty and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. See, I'm the complete opposite. In the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, I want guys. I'm get. I'm looking at guys. And I'm like, he's a produ- productive. Yeah, watch guys. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, with AJ, man. I uh, think that looking forward makes a lot of sense. Like, I also want to win in each year, especially if it's one of those where I get you know money back for mm-hmm. in season wins or whatever the, the championship. But in the end of the day, like. I've seen dynasty teams fall apart after year two just because that person had no foresight and no forward vision, right? Yeah. And so, you know, you get in there and you're looking at somebody like Larry Fitz and all of a sudden this hot potato, you're still holding on to him and his career, like his numbers are falling off the cliff. Like you have to know when to sell and what you're looking to move it for. But I definitely agree with you, like having those safe floor people that you can plug in every week just to mm-hmm. guarantee you those, those numbers. Um, it really helps for just the wins in season every year. Yeah, and I think all four of us just basically proved, too, that the beauty of Dynasty is there are so many different strategies, so many oh, different, different ways to win. And I think that's why why it's it's growing at such a fast rate. Right. Um, I think I think right now in, in Dynasty is actually a great time to target draft picks for next year. Mm-hmm. Because because I'm just sitting here thinking about about, you know, Saquon Barkley, about how you know, you could potentially make a a, tr- a first round pick, or you know, trade turn somebody into Saquon Barkley right now. And if you can do that, that would be just just exactly what you want to do in Dynasty League because 
Saquon Barkley is probably my RB4 in Dynasty right now. So mm-hmm. I just uh, I can't wait. Um, let's go ahead and move on to our... Don't get, don't get Nick Chubbs over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm very excited for Nick Chubb as well. Um, now I'll take a break for a word from our sponsor. Check out Pristine Auction, where there are daily auctions with no minimums. So get your autographed memorabilia needs at pristineauction.com. All righty. Um, our next segment is called Still Smoking. So there are a couple guys that caught fire last week. Uh, so who do we believe of some of the guys that caught fire will stay on fire this week? Uh, I'll go ahead and start you off start segment. With this one, yes. Mark Ingram. He oh, ended. He ended. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking taking the, the low hanging fruit there. Uh, he was ended as the RB two last week, I believe, and I'm still going to say that he's going to be a top five running back this week. His usage is going to stay about where it has been, and Alvin Kamara can keep doing what he's been doing, and it's not going to affect Mark Ingram much. So, Mark Ingram is my is my still smoking of the week. Uh, what about you, Mal? Now that I've taken yours. Oh my God! Stole <laughs> um, uh, let me uh, let me let me think on this one for two seconds. All right, AJ. How about you? Who is who's still smoking for you? Who do you think stays hot this week? Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar. That's a that's a good one. I like that one. Just, Why? Just because. How do you think? I mean, Alshon's been getting like is like number two or three in air yards through so far through the six weeks, but Alshon or. Nelson's making a lot of uh, making a lot of product productive plays for the team. He's getting like he's making his receptions turn him into a lot of touchdowns. He's yeah. He's getting at least being one touchdown efficient. a game. Yeah, he's getting a yeah. touchdown a game almost. I think he's got like two or three streak going on, and I think he's putting up like five catches, fifty yards. How about you, Mister Brown. How about how do you uh, how do you think? Well, I've talked think? about it before. I'm, I'm going Derrick Henry. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You wanna you wanna take the the over under two for a hundred yards? <laughs> I'm gonna say Derrick Henry has a great game this week. Okay. Bold you take, Nick. Bold take. <laughs> you know what? Um, you know what? I know oh, mine, man. It's, it's Adrian Peterson, baby. Let's go ahead and turn. Oh, oh let's go ahead and turn. God. All right, cancel the show. The up. show's over. We're done. Let's go ahead and turn <laughs> up. I mean, the biggest reason is because the Rams are literally the worst run defense in the NFL. And this is what the Cardinals have been waiting for. Um, It's somebody that they can turn around. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald literally has a man crush on Adrian Peterson and said (laughs) that he got AP. I mean, listen, the the man is a a walking god, right? And Mm -hmm. what he gives you, if he can touch the ball 20 times, is the same thing I feel like Derrick Henry gives you against a much better run defense. So if I had I picked up AP in one of the leagues, somebody dropped him, I'm starting him this week. He probably burns me terribly. But like <laughs> this lines up as a game where if again AP gets 20 touches, he has a really strong shot at putting up at least RB2 numbers. And certainly I got him for free. So I'll take those numbers this week, man. I have one more stay hot smoking guy, whatever we want to call him. I, I didn't say anything about any guys being hot and whatever <laughs> or anything. It's just about typical their fantasy goal. production. All right, hot and smoking. All right, so Derek McKinnon has been doing work down in Minnesota. He's got mm-hmm. Baltimore this week. 
Down um, in Minnesota? D- down in Minnesota, apparently, Minnesota. yes. He is, he is in Chicago. No, I don't care. <laughs> Up in Minnesota, down in Minnesota, left in Minnesota, <laughs> east in Minnesota. Don't give a fuck. Nope. <laughs> no. But no. He's, he's doing I, work I agree with, that. with the rush with his touches on the ground and in there, and he's put up touchdowns the last two weeks. Uh, put up 20-plus in PPR each week as well, and he's facing Baltimore. Uh, I agree. He's, he his volume is just yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and Matt, with what you said uh, about AP, uh, I'm fighting it, man. I, I'm fighting it so bad, but it, it's looking like Ellington might not play. I mean, it's at this point, it's it's kind of I, I don't know who else we're going to give the ball to. They've already tried the Kerwin Williams experience, and no. they that was not that's not a thing. So, and I mean so. the red zone touches, right? Like when they get close to the end zone, it mm-hmm. seems like Carson Palmer's Carson Palmer's been getting the hell beat out of him all season long. He will take any opportunity to turn around and give it to a competent running back and let that running back get the hell beat out of him all game yeah. long. So, you know, especially in that red zone, like I feel like if there's an opportunity, the Rams like, you know, giving up the yards, giving up the the running touchdowns, playing the percentages, man. We at a point now where you have to win. Like these are when these are weeks where they're gonna set you up for the playoffs or your you know the seating and and all of that for the playoff standings. So AP is a guy that this week I feel like you know can go out give me at least the ten points that I need from the flex. But if he scores a touchdown plus gets fifty or sixty yards, we're talking about again that RB two range, and um, for me it's worth it. Uh, yeah, I, I do. You, you talk me into it a little bit. I got to give you that credit. Uh, I know Nick. Nick hates it. Nick hates it. But it's okay. <laughs> Nick, I know I'm doing something right if you hate it. So every time I see you make that face, <laughs> I know I'm on the right path, baby. I know exactly. I'm on the right path. Exactly. If Nick likes it, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> That's a fact. Uh, my next segment was to talk about Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray, but I feel like we've probably done that enough on this podcast. Um, obviously, just just get out of Tennessee, DeMarco. We're ready to see the Derrick Henry show. <laughs> so, so the next segment is QB Talk. Um, some of the quarterback, what's going on with the most important position in the NFL? Punter. Uh, some of the, yes, punter. Close, close, close second. Okay, is punter. Um, so Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck's just not going to play this season, is he? I mean, it's, it's just looking like he's going to give us the ultimate blue balls. Mm. And Nick, I know that it hurts nobody as much as it does you, except for, I, it hurts me a lot more because I can hate him a lot more than you can because I don't actually care about the Colts. So, you know, it, it really impacts me a lot more personally <laughs> from, a, from a fantasy standpoint. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. But yes, it's it's just it's so sad for T.Y. because Jacoby Brissett is not not a T.Y. kind of guy. Right. Uh, uh, Jacoby four, Brissett is anybody kind of guy. He's not a Frank Gore kind of guy. He's a Jack Doyle guy. Jack Doyle, right. Marlon Mack, maybe. I mean, Nick, I uh, I feel your pain sort of, I guess, maybe. I mean, the Eagles, we were terrible a couple years back, and it led to us getting went. So in a lot of ways, Lane Johnson a few years before that. Um, So I don't know, man. The Colts was a dangerous proposition anyway. It's a, it's a sad situation that the ownership and the coaches just lied to the fan base more than anything. Um, I don't think that Andrew Luck was ever going to play. To activate him was really misleading. Um, and just pretty much how they've handled it week to week, it, it was just it was handled atrociously. Um, but going to get Jacoby Brissett kind of kept them 
at least semi interesting. I mean, the kid isn't a quitter. Philip Dorsett. For yeah. Philip Dorsett, out of nowhere. Yeah, so uh, that was like, great. The Patriots approached Indianapolis yeah. about that. Yeah. It, it they, was they, great. Bailed, they bailed the Colts out. So yeah, we can thank Edelman. He did. <laughs> you thank Edelman for that. And also, as far as your TY take goes, the week before he had nine targets, yeah, and then six, and then nine. So it's just a game flow kind of deal. I don't know why he was game scripted out again, you know, on Monday, but it's not like he he had seven catches for a buck seventy-seven, and two weeks prior he had seven catches for a buck fifty-three. So I mean, he's it's not like he's just going off into the desert or something and not catching anything. It it. it he he's putting up numbers. It's just there's an ebb and flow, which there will be with any team, any quarterback, any wide receiver. And I, I mean, agree. T. Y. had that volatility with luck too. Right. Yes, but my my point is is that there is not a 400 yard passing game for Brissett. Mm. You know, mm. that's just not going to happen. No. And you're like Andrew Luck. I mean, we. Well, well, and, and and Andrew Luck every single time that he's he's out there. Also, Moncrief. I think that's, you know Moncrief. That's the one I, got I, I love I loved Moncrief for where you were getting him this year for mm-hmm. his value. It right. was I mean he was he was being drafted at where he should have this year. You know last year he was being overdrafted. This year was perfect. But you know it's it's just it's sad, man. It sucks for obviously for Colts fans for you, Nick. I feel for you, right. but it just sucks for football in general because right. he he's one of those guys that. I mean, we've all seen those videos of him getting just the shit kicked out of him by a lineman, and he stands he's up laughing. Like, hey, good hit, buddy. Hey, right. good job, like, man. Yo, this hey, dude is like he's just he's good. For, <laughs> he is good for football, you know. Right. So, I love Andrew Luck. so it sucks and it's shitty. And don't get your hopes up because he's probably done for the fucking season. So, right, well, I mean, if they're smart, and he's, I, I was talking to AJ about this a couple days ago. If there's, if, if the GM is smart, which we, the jury's out. But if you know he's ready to come back in a couple weeks, and they're say two and four, two and five, right. there's no point. Like it, it really, it really doesn't if make any do, sense. If they do bring him back, then the whole organization just needs cleared out because well, they, they're basically ruining his career if they do that this year. It's going to be Pagano that Trade pushes it. for Luck to come back. If, I mean, if anybody, it's going to be Pagano because Pagano wants to save his job. He knows he's pretty much effed in the A. If, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is a family-friendly podcast. Effed, yeah, but he's he's a lame duck coach. Uh, uh, he was almost gone as soon as Ballard got into like took office or you know stepped into the GM role. But there's going to be some serious change in the coaching staff mm-hmm. come January. Justifiably so. I mean, you, the, oh, yeah. the the front office change. Who was that? Grigson that was in there before yeah. making yeah, clown decisions. Boy. Yeah, like Grigson is a clown, and so yeah. you know when you make bad draft decisions like Philip Dorsett in the first round, who ends up being a straight bust, that turns into Jacoby Brissett that saved your franchise somehow this season. But Moncrief for <laughs> me is the one that hurts Supon the Markley. most. I mean, but he made it at least watchable football. Yeah, true. Yeah, like, true. It's watchable football. Brissett's gonna be fans going to the stadium still. Right. Brissett's going to be – I honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to trade him in the offseason, seeing that he's a serviceable backup. If they keep him, Chargers. that's fantastic. Chargers. Because I, I would – I like his mobility. I like his Absolutely. arm. I like that he's somewhat – smart kid. System. Yeah, oh, for sure. Smart kid. And if, if they could get something out of him, great. Mm-hmm. But I would be perfectly happy if – they kept him around in his rookie deal for another two years. Right. 
just as insurance for a lot, right? It's yeah. a great value without a question. Yeah. From he's a hell of a lot better business. than Tolzine. Holy shit. Yes, he he is. Did, didn't they only Tolzine, fire that's like one, one week before the NFL season started? Yeah. So On he's cut really it. yeah, so he's really like only he's really thrown in a fight to learn that mm-hmm. playbook and well, it's like the Sam Bradford trade, but right. the Colts didn't have to give up. Well, I mean, they did give up a first rounder, but in past tense, first round. Way, way, sure. way past tense. Yeah, it's not like right. way we used the first no, rounder I mean, like, straight up. I mean, Philip Dorsett was a was a fourteen, two thousand fourteen first yeah. rounder, fifteen. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like they gave a future first one, but agreed. Right. Whatever. Yeah, well, the next the next quarterback, uh, all I have written down is Philip Rivers makes me sad. I wish I was in, in a situation like you are, Nick, where it's just like, um, my quarterback's so great, but I can't get him on the field. And, you know, Phillip Rivers used to be great. I'm old enough to remember when Phillip Rivers was great. When LT and, was around? And, yeah, basically, no. But Phillip Rivers is, man, his arm is just, it's done, man. Uh, I'm not sure how, how much longer. And I would honestly be looking to sell Keenan Allen in redraft leagues this year. <sighs> right now, I think is is a... Good time. If you can sell him for wide receiver one value, I would be doing it. Um, he's, trying to, he's trying to take him from you, Nick. I'm even looking to do it in Dynasty. I'm a Chargers fan, dude. I, I love love the Chargers, but I'm selling Keenan Allen in Dynasty because Rivers does not have much left in him if he does. And I know he's going to play probably another year or two just because he literally will have to feed his kids. So it's, Eight kids? Yeah, a ton of kids. Yeah, he he's can like, – and he has from Marty, but he did it the right way. Yeah, no, I think I thought he had like I think he's up to ten. I'm pretty sure he has a whole starting offense. I'm pretty sure. Kamardi does. Either way, I'm I'm downgrading from a dynasty perspective. I'm downgrading Melvin Keenan Allen. I like I'm taking them down. I'm taking them all down just a little bit because I think in the long term perspective, they, unless they they make a move to get Cousins or some quarterback. It's it's looking bad for the Bolts, boys. I mean, Philip the, Rivers is back, and he's getting worse. As I said on, like, Wednesday, I think that Gordon's going to be the key to the Chargers winning any type of games this year. And I know you don't want them to win games, but that whole, like, that your division just looks weird. Like, the, the, Chiefs, lost the, the, the Chiefs lost to the Raiders, the Broncos lost to the Giants. Uh, you guys beat the Giants. So what? What's this say for this this division? I mean, it could go either way. It could be a big swing in the next ten weeks. Um, that the Chargers could end up finding themselves. Not saying they're going to go on a ten game win streak, but they could end up ten and six by some miracle of God. If Philip Rivers uh, decides I wants to decides he <laughs> wants to become the Rivers that you're used to seeing, and Gordon just takes over the load, getting like twenty five touches a game. Dude, that's my worst fucking nightmare. The Chargers going ten and six. Are you kidding me? That I'm would be horrible. That'd be horrible. I think Luke, that that'd be horrible. I, I think with the Keenan Allen, maybe this is just biased because I just recently bought a share of him. Um, but being that he can operate from the slot, runs routes very well. Like he, to me, with Gordon needs to be the focal point of that offense. Like it needs to funnel through the two of them. Um, and I think that you'll see through the year adjustments being made. And, I mean, the Chargers are going to continue to be bad, continue to play from behind, continue to throw the football. So, like, the opportunities and targets are there. Um, whatever the disconnect is with Keenan Allen, 
And um, AJ had a great point about sitting Allen this week. And that's somebody that I was going to sit even before a shoulder injury just because, you know, Denver's a tough defense. But I think season this year, I'm holding on to Keenan Allen. I may downgrade him a little bit to like a one-two kind of fringe wide receiver each week, depending on his matchups. But I'm holding him. I think Gordon definitely continues to be high outside of this week versus Denver. Um, but, yeah, Keenan looking next year, absolutely. Six weeks. One touchdown from week one in garbage time, essentially. More than he had last year. Wow. But like, you know what? You know, that's not very nice, Nick. That's just not very nice. You know? But in the end of the day, like, I have feelings. It, it's science. I can't, in PPR, science. I can't just let it all boil down to touchdowns, to be quite honest. If 100%. this is standard, then yeah, that bothers me. But in PPR, the kid is averaging five catches a game. So, you know, is, is there a chance for him to get hot and maintain the level of play that we expect from him? I absolutely think so. so Does it happen? 50 50. We'll have, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, say this is a dynasty by low window right now with his touchdown through six games put it that way see i'm not buying especially with the shoulder, see, that's, shoulder that's injury what I'm if you're looking I'm not buy, for next year i'd buy him buy him low this is see I, this is what up. i was saying at the beginning is that is that i think he if you can sell him for for not not you know just what he's worth not selling him high yeah. or low just selling him for you know his going going rate i think mm-hmm. that that's that's sharp um but that's that's enough Keen, that's enough Keenan Allen talk. Uh, he's 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 another one that, that's a game time decision. Um, but I like like AJ said, don't start him anyways. He he's a terrible start against a no fly zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so this moves on to our next uh, oh, big quarterback talk. Oh, okay, here we go. Never mind, we're good. Next big quarterback talk is Jameis Winston good at football? Oh, wrong quarterback. But no, he's not good at football. <laughs> He's a bad quarterback, huh? You just no. think he's not. No, he's not good. He makes bad decisions. He had people wide open and decided to throw it to Cameron Brate in triple coverage against the Patriots on Thursday Night Football and lose the game. I just I worry about Jameis. Even watching um, Hard Knocks and sort of the back and forth with him and uh, the head coach, like Jameis at this point needs to make better decisions as a quarterback. Because when it was between him and Mariota, it was Mariota's the fast speed guy that has to assimilate to the NFL. Jameis is the dude that's been running a pro-style system since he came into college. And so with what was perceived to be a, a leg up and what for another quarterback to come, Carson Wentz, has been a leg up. For Jameis, it hasn't been. And I haven't seen the level of development that I expect from a guy in his third year in the NFL, somebody that is the franchise quarterback, somebody that the entire offense leans on to be their leader, and he continues to make bad decisions. And realistically, it's his post-snap reads. The dude does not recognize defenses and put the ball where it needs to be. Fitzpatrick came back on, what was it, Arizona, and almost like tied the game. So... But that's Fizz Magic, man. Like, come on. This dude, <laughs> oh, he is like a, a, a insert in the second quarter and rally from behind kind of guy, man. Brandon Marshall yeah. said he's the best guy that he's ever received passes from. So that well, says Brandon a lot. Marshall. Yeah, well, let's let's consider the source there, AJ. Um, I, I, I like what you said there, Mal. Um, you know, talking about him, comparing him and Mariota. Obviously, we're going to do that because they're in the same draft class. But. For me, at least going into this year, it was Jameis above Mariota, and now we're six weeks in, and I have flip flopped entirely. I think, I think just watching Marcus Mariota play, it's it's evident that he is a much higher, or, or is he is a NFL quality quarterback. A, and I'm not so sure that Jameis actually is. I'm not so sure that he is NFL quality 
quarterback. He's he's been sufficient. He's been fine for now, but they went out and got him all those weapons. You know, mm-hmm. he's we we're looking at at supposedly great offense, mm-hmm. and right now Carson Wentz is making making Ooh, it. Boy. Just, oh my God! I mean, we're, look how good Carson Wentz oh looks boy. with with who with Don't get us started with Nelson Aguilar is his best wide receiver. I mean. I know all Sean's there, but let's be real. Who's making the plays for him? It's that it's goes. himself. It's himself. He's making the plays. Right. I mean, you know, he. It, it, so he it's, it's just plays crazy. crazy. It's, just, it's just crazy because Jameis is is somebody that if you can if you can get rid of him in any format, any league, I just yeah, dropped get him, him out of that. I, I just dropped him in a redraft league because I he's not worth two, bro. <laughs> I dropped him week two, picked up Carson Wentz, and have been riding the wave ever since, man. Yeah, Doesn't yeah, help well, that we're homers. <laughs> but but like but you see the difference with Carson oh, Wentz, yeah. right? Like Carson Wentz's mentality is, I am going to make a play, and like that is also going to hurt him, like it did Brett Favre, like it does other playmaking, you know, quarterbacks hey, hey, because hey, they're going to just through six games. Three but, but listen, games. he's still going to make mistakes because he is going to make a play. Jameis Winston. It's he's just gonna he's just gonna America do something again, right? Like he's just gonna like Jameis Winston is gonna do something good, bad, ugly. Like something is going to happen. And if I'm a Bucks fan, and even in that front office of, of that organization, I gotta be concerned because at some point those guys start to give up on you, right? Like when you continue to give the ball up, when you continue to turn it over, put your defense in bad position. Those guys look at you different in the locker room. You could be the yep. rah-rah dude all you want and talk about it all you want. But when it's game time and they're relying on you for victories and you continue to let them down, um, they look at you differently, man. And and that's just the that's just the nature of the beast in the NFL. Jameis Winston's new nickname is Rah-Rah for me. Definitely. <laughs> oh, oh Rah-Rah Winston. Oh, for sure. For sure. Right, Next what, what, do you th- what do you what do you think, Nick? You think you think we're jumping to conclusion too soon or or you you agree with us? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's been I think it might be. I, I think it might be a little early to completely throw in the towel. But on a, in a redraft, yeah, I mean, he he's not going to be the leader in the clubhouse for me. Yeah, I'll you know maybe a, a bye week fill in or something. But I'm not going out of my way to to try and get him or pick him up. I. I, I think that somebody I am trying to go out and pick up is CJ Beathard. Uh, he he is a rookie, obviously that uh, doesn't you know they didn't have a lot of draft stock in him. He was a third rounder, a fourth, fourth, third, third, third rounder. round draft stock. Um, he's he a third Shanahan's rounder, the only guy he wanted. Exactly. Uh, we know he was an Iowa State boy. Iowa, nope. No nope, Iowa. There you go. Iowa, not Iowa yep. State. There you go. Uh, and obviously we've Kittle. heard we've heard exactly with George Kittle. Uh, I think that if you can go out and get him, play him this week, it's it's a great matchup, it's a great spot for him. In a dynasty league, I just got offered a first round pick in a two QB <sighs> league for him and it, and I smash accepted. Two QB league, absolutely, man. Oh my god. They saw him come in, they think they're getting a, a quarterback for a first round pick and and they think they're being sharp. So yeah, yeah, I need somebody to next year's league, man. For CJ? You got a first yes. rounder? First round, future first. I got two seconds, Taiwan Taylor and Taylor Gabriel for CJ in a super flex. I mean, it's not yours, but. Yeah. Well, anyways, my my point is, is that like, like you said, if you're not, if you're not trading, you're not trying with, with a guy like this, you, and even, you know, after this week, 
you maybe wait another week before you sell him, but I think you hop on it. You uh, you get a guy like that, you get off of him. Um, oh, uh, make that quick Kirk Cousins comment, man. Yeah, we heard you, Joel. But um, <laughs> Kirk, <laughs> I wanna, please, I wanna, please, I wanna, Kirk, come to LA, please. I want to I want to make that Kirk Cousins comp with better, man. Um, got a chance to watch him because I was watching. Uh, Kittle tape when he was coming out of the draft just because I was really interested in him as a prospect and Beathard definitely jumped off I believe he played at the senior bowl as well if I'm not mistaken like he was in one of those the the post um, season bowl so he can definitely play um and he's a smart kid right like he's another one of those dudes he'll use his legs if he has to he'll use his arm to get the ball to his receivers in a great position he won't throw a 70 80 yards downfield but in that Shanahan offense, you just need to be accurate. And, like, it's really about that short, the intermediate game, like a lot of the West Coast offenses are. And, um, you know, he is someone that can operate that offense. And for me, gives me a little sigh of relief in regards to Carlos High because I feel like, okay, now defenses may have to be a little bit more honest if Beathard can really prove he can beat them through the air with uh, Pierre Garçon. I liked some of the throws from last week's game too he has Absolutely. decent arm like he has a, de- a good good arm it's not like a lob like a Hoyer thing Hoyer's velocity I want to say is probably slightly lower than Beathard's but there was there were some very good reads he was making in those games in that game last night or last week like I would I would tell people go to draft <laughs> breakdown man and and take a, a chance to watch two or three of his games and familiarize yourself with somebody that is going to be an NFL starter. He probably won't be, you know, a franchise kind of guy, but he is someone that won't hurt your offense with terrible decision-making. But when your quarterback or when your coach is, you're the only quarterback your coach wants in the draft, though, it says something for you as a player that he sees something that he knows he could work with and he put in third-round draft stock in him. It's not like he was like a DAC fifth-rounder or whatever he was. Um, But you just got to look at the kid being – somebody that Shanahan's going to look to for the next couple of years where he could repair other positions on that team. Yeah. I mean, I think though that, that Shanahan also, the Niners could go out next year and draft a quarterback in the first round. Nobody would be shocked at all. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not, uh, that's, I think that's actually probably what they will do. Well, wait till, but, wait till Beathard plays for these next 10 weeks. If he's going to remain st- barring injury. And say what? What do you think? Was fifteen and two as starter, like not with touchdown interceptions. As a <laughs> okay, touchdown. Oh, okay. I was like, if he goes fifteen and two, he uh, out, we'll give you a million dollars because <laughs> they no, like no, no. do that, my friend. It's week six, <laughs> week seven. No, sorry. like say say he throws fifteen touchdowns, two picks, and just looks really good. You're not gonna want to reinvest if he's or reinvest a new quarterback if he looks if he wins them five or six games out of these next time yeah, too. I mean, obviously if he comes out and he's and he kills the league, they're not gonna they're not going to be looking for another quarterback. But my point is I think if he's serviceable, if he's if he gets him through the season, even if he wins a couple games and he looks to be decent, I think they still have they still don't have any problem drafting another quarterback and, and putting him down on the depth chart. Yeah, that being said, in, in DraftKings this week, I am all in on CJ. Oh yeah. It's 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 just crazy because he's he's the best value at quarterback and he's gonna make me a lot of money. Nice. Uh also buying in Dynasty. Who uh who's the number one receiver that you should buy in Dynasty? Spoiler alert, it's Corey Davis. You need to go out and buy Corey Davis right now in Dynasty, fellas. Uh, I think uh, I'm buying Corey Davis. His his bylaw. 
<laughs> is by low window. You're correct, Nick. Is yes. closed. Yes. Closing. And yes. he's he's going to be above Amari Cooper in dynasty rankings probably by the end of next year. Stop. Um, he, he's going to be a wide receiver one, and he's probably going to end up being the overall number one. Uh, wide receiver for Dynasty probably within the next year or so. So if you can go out right now and get him for a first round pick, you you do that. And oh, that's a hot pick. Holy and you, yeah, that's a hot one. I like a can I year, jump th- year three. He's going to take that year three leap and just you know go absolutely a b. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, man, I'm I'm a Corey Davis truther, and it's not yeah. just because yeah. not just because his last name is Davis either. <laughs> it has sure? Nothing to do with it. positive. Uh, is is Corey Davis older or younger than Amari Cooper? He's younger than Amari Cooper. Really? Okay. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's 22, isn't he? Amari Cooper's 22. Yeah, but Cooper's about to turn Actually, 23. Yeah, Cooper's like, he's slightly older. Yeah. I, I just want to throw one out here, man. Allen Robinson, um, he's a guy that I'm looking at. I can probably get it a really depressed value right now. Obviously, towards ACL contract year, like a lot of question marks. But I don't think there's a question mark around how talented he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also one of those guys that can eat in the red zone, right? So even if he loses a little bit of his deep speed, he was a guy that you know had pretty good um, uh, targets downfield. Like his A dot was was pretty high, considering how large of a, of a player he is. Mm-hmm. But I had a guy offer me. I didn't take the deal just because I think Wendell Smallwood ends up doing some numbers this year. But uh, he was trying to send me A-Rob for Wendell Smallwood straight. And, you know, I thought about it momentarily. Um, Like I said, didn't take it because I kind of was in wing now mode when he sent it two or three weeks ago. But I think Allen Robinson, if you can get him in your league, you have a a owner that's impatient. um, that maybe you can lowball him and see what happens. Uh, But for me, he's somebody that has the talent without a question. Um, it just is a question of where he's playing next year, if it's Jacksonville or maybe if it's somewhere else. But imagine him going to an offense that can really use him and you're looking at you bought him low and are able to, you know, cash in on his value moving forward. Was he 24 years old, too? Yes. Yeah, I, I basically think of Allen Robinson as Des Bryant, mm. except for he drops the ball a little more. That's oh, basic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's really I mean, when when he plays, dude, he looks I mean, that's who he reminds me of. Mm-hmm. And I and. I agree with you. You bet on talent in dynasty in any anything, but in dynasty, obviously, you bet on talent, and and I agree with you a thousand percent. He is is very talented. That's so, a lot of percent. Yeah, thousand. Yeah. All right. So my my dynasty by low window right now is Sammy Watkins. As much as everybody may hate him, Ugh. all the injuries. That window is wide open, brother. That's, exactly. that's, that's not a buy. That's not a small window. That's wide open. You need to you need to buy him now though, because he's gonna he's. The when like your trade deadline's probably coming up pretty soon, um, unless you're gonna do offseason trading and you're gonna wait to see where he goes, uh, it, you could end up selling yourself out and having to pay more for him because of the fact that he's a, a free agent after the season. He's McVay's want, saying he wants to get him more touches. Um, he's there, that offense has been explosive without him so far. So if they can get him some touches, he was at the beginning of the year he was like eight for eight on catches. And targets, um, he's he's got he's got to get looked sometime. I agree. I love Sammy Watkins, and he should be getting all the looks in the world he's because only 24. because he is so talented. Uh, Nick, do you have anybody that you're looking to buy right now in Dynasty? You guys pretty much took him. Um, I, I like 
A-Rob. I like Corey Davis. Uh, you guys are doing kinda, it wrong, then, if he doesn't like Sammy Watkins. I, I kind of <laughs> want to see what Marlon Mack's going to do. So I'm, I've got him in a couple, but... Eh. Oh, here, I got one for you. No. I like, I like no. Moncrief. I like buying Moncrief Ooh. right now. After this year, when Luck comes back... We're gonna see. We're gonna see Moncrief in in that offense. Wait a minute. He's a free agent, bro. He's a free agent after this yep, year, he isn't he? Is. He's done. And he's hey. not helping his cause. Hey, hey, fuck Dante Moncrief, man. That, that guy. I, I, don't <laughs> want I don't want him on that. Seven. But no. But seriously, I, I might be buying him just because I think he's he's. I mean, an athletic freak, and depending on where he goes, he definitely could be fantasy relevant. Maybe Jordan um, Matthews is a wide receiver too somewhere future. Oh, is no. not only he's only on a free agent after this year, right? No. Or has he got another year? No. No, nah, Jordan Matthews is not. You're you're on the I, we're we're talking about NFL. No. no. It's not <laughs> Vanderbilt in the SEC still, no. <laughs> he, well, he's uh, up 100 yards is like the last two seasons besides we're getting hurt this year. Yo, AJ, listen, man. Don't have me rehashing these Twitter conversations with these Eagles trolls. It's all system. It's all system. When you funnel your offense through a guy that's running high percentage routes from the slot, numbers are deceptive. When you put him in a situation where he's asked to be the best receiver and he has to step away from the slot for any number of snaps, he becomes highly inefficient. So for me... I don't see him as anything more than roughly a wide receiver three, even in a really good offense, because you're still going to want to have somebody outside that can attack. And he runs routes the same place most tight ends and running backs eat. He's replaceable for me. And look, Nelson Aguilar came in and is going to probably have a very similar year with more targets being spread out to higher, you know, to better players than Alshon and Torrey Smith. So. I am not buying Jordan Matthews. If I have Jordan Matthews, <laughs> uh, I would have dropped Jordan Matthews by now. Um, he's he's a middle-of-the-pack kind of guy. Um, mm-hmm. I think that we threw out a couple more names here that would be – I'm not spending a first-round pick on Corey Davis. Um, I, like I, I stated last time, I'm not really on the Corey Davis train yet. Love that he has the last name, but I still kind of <laughs> want to see him play in the NFL before I really buy into what he's supposed to be. I uh, I don't man I, I I will sit I would love to sit and argue with you for another hour or so about the Corey Davis thing but <laughs> but I will just give you the same advice you you offered our listeners go to draft breakdown and watch every single I know the competition yeah. know the competition whatever but it doesn't matter what the competition is when you can run routes like he does yeah. uh, all right well let's go ahead and uh, close the show with some final thoughts uh, some closing statements. Uh, Mal is our guest. We'll have you go ahead and start off. What, do you have any uh, closing thoughts to bring us into the the football Sunday? Yeah, one thing that, and I actually shared this after Thursday night or before the Thursday night game, I'm actually now in the process of trying to sell Kareem Hunt in pretty much all of my leagues. Um, sold them last week, but I'm really, he, we know what he is. We've seen what he is. He's very consistent. He'll continue to be, you know, probably a top five, top ten running back rest of the season. But I'm looking to move him if possible to try to round out the rest of my roster and fill in places that I might not be as strong. Find a couple by low guys. Julio's still struggling. Like there are places where you can potentially turn him into a couple of high caliber guys that can win it for you at the end of the year. Um, So for me, like I said, Kareem Hunt is definitely somebody I'm looking to move if possible and cash in. Gotcha. I agree. I like that take a lot. Um, Nick, what, 
All right, Nick. Good talking to you, buddy. Nick Nick went ahead and he wanted me to tell you all that he loves you and misses you very much when he's not on the podcast. Those are his words, not mine. Uh, AJ, what about you? Final thoughts? Oh, man. Um, don't start studs all the time. Right. Look at my start right. sit for the week if you own some of them guys. So far, I've hit one for one with Jared Cook this week. And PPR based on PPR numbers, even still for standard, Cook put up 100 yards. But I I do my research on these guys. I look at their look at breakdowns to see if they've played in the past, see how they've done. I put in a decent amount of time on these. So take a look at it on ffc260.com, and you can find me at Chicken Alfredo C H X C K E N on Twitter. I uh, I just have one final thought, and that is. Don't get caught up in what we've seen in six games. Now, what I mean by that is there's still a lot of the season left to play. These teams are still get, are still changing. They're still trying to figure out who they are and and exactly what they want to do. Now, now just because a team has been been playing a certain way six weeks in, that doesn't mean here in six weeks they still will be. So, just be sharp. And be willing to change your opinion as as you see it, and that's that's basically it for me. Uh, you can find me at Joel D two six zero Mal. You can find you at Write What You, the letter you love. Awesome. Uh, it's great to have you on, and Thanks, we hope, appreciate hope, you guys. hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Hey, take a look at our tweet that we got going around to retweet and follow uh, NPO two six zero and FFD two six zero to potentially win twenty dollars on DraftKings. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Good luck tomorrow, fellas. You too. Thank you for listening to the new pod order presented by FFD 260.